Thank you, Jesus. Not a care in the world, amen. They're just having fun, praise God, in the house of God. That's what it's all about, praise God. Well, uh, I got to be careful when I say that because my wife says, here we go again. Well, uh, if you don't know, uh, we are going to uh, have memorial services on the 30th of this month. Again, we're going to be having memorial services on Friday, the 30th. Uh, we will be having that at the Vancouver Church. The grave site will be from 10 to 2 viewing, and then 3 o'clock. Uh, 3 o'clock, we're going to have the grave site, um, and we'll get more details uh, if my information is incorrect, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, we'd all... Love for you all to be there. I understand sometimes uh, we're working and what have you. Uh, but if you can make time, it would be greatly appreciated. If not, uh, don't feel guilty. Amen. Um, and uh, one thing we would ask is that you just pray for the family. Praise God. Pray for my daughter. Um, it's always tough losing somebody. Praise God. And so uh, we had a great time at summer conference. God really moved on all of us. The last night was a tremendous night. For those of you that uh, could not be there, I would highly, highly recommend next year be there. Yeah. It. It, it, it might have been powerful online, but I mean, it was, it was really powerful uh, in, the, in the immediate presence of God. I'm not saying you can't feel God in other ways, but I'll tell you, my, 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 my. It was, it was tremendous. It was tremendous. Tonight, we will be having our uh, youth service. I'm excited about that. Brother Joe Palomino, I've known him for a number of years. I'm very cautious with those that step into this pulpit. Very cautious. The reason why I'm that way is because my first obligation beyond God is to protect you. That's my first obligation. And it's a huge responsibility. And I will not let anyone, just anyone, step in this pulpit. Maybe a missionary here or there, but I just want to be careful. We're so close to the coming of Jesus Christ. And I don't want, I refuse to allow anything to hinder anybody from making it to heaven. Anybody. We have to get to a point where either we are sold out for God or we're not. You are not going to, you're going to have a very difficult time making it to heaven if you're living for God halfway. There's only so many things as a pastor can do to help you secure your salvation. Peter gives a description in one of his writings where he gives certain Guidelines, And at the end of those guidelines, he says you shall never fall if you follow these. That's the only time I see in the Word of God where there is an absolute, where the keys are there to have total confidence that you will make it into heaven. But before that, there's these steps that you have to follow. And that's up to the individual. 
there are things that will alter or try to alter our decision. Whatever it is. But ultimately, it's the human will. It's the human will. That says, regardless of where I am, regardless of what I face, regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going to continue. I'm going to persevere the things of God. And when we do that, God preserves us. And he empowers us. As we make up our mind and we totally submit ourselves to God. It really is, it really is a partnership. It really is. We do the best we can, Brother Joe, and when we can't do any more, God steps in and empowers us to do the rest. So it's a partnership. I'm excited about what God has planned for us. Get involved in the kingdom of God. Don't let your salvation that came at a heavy price be a salvation that is only on the surface. Let God's word develop the roots that will allow the tree of righteousness, which you are, to grow into a healthy, vibrant life source for others. Come on. That's what serving God is all about. It's not always what we get out of it. A portion of it is, obviously. But a lot of it is not being selfish. What we want and what we crave, and yes, we crave certain things, but don't be selfish. You know, I want my granddaughter to be here. I really do. And I'm believing and I'm holding on to the fact that she is in the presence of God. I know there's some things that we can look at in various. And for certain things that cause people to lose their life, God holds us accountable too. And there's certain things that God is merciful with. And none of us know, none of us know what happened in those indeed moments of her life. I'm not saying that because she's my granddaughter. I'm saying that for all people. Now, if God was to take me and me knowingly, well, be it for me. What an awesome God we serve. It's good to have Carmen in service today. It's good to have my brother Manuel in service today. It's good to have all of you in service today. Uh, we will be having refreshments tonight, uh, root beer floats and nachos. And if I get close to them, there are nachos. 
whatever, it's ice cream and pop, man, it's, <laughs> beware. Oh, praise God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to talk on this subject, a specific purpose. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. I think it's a scripture we can all quote. Amen. I'll just read a small portion of this where Joshua is speaking to the people of God, feeling or coming to an understanding that something was wrong. Something was going haywire. Something was drifting. And that's what I get out of this piece of setting because he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Choose today. Living for God is a day-by-day choice. I might not ever reach tomorrow, so I'm going to focus on today. I might be overwhelmed by what tomorrow brings, but if I choose this day, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word this morning. You're so wonderful. You're so awesome. I thank you for all the promises that you've given us, God. I thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, God. And I ask you one thing, Lord right now, at this time, this place, Lord, that we never lose sight of what you've allowed us to have. And that truly is a real, live relationship with you. This is your purpose for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I remember... Years ago, I was so intrigued by uh, Brother Josh Carson, uh, how he was able to tell stories, amen. He'd read a little section, and, and then he'd go off in this story. He'd start meandering through all this stuff, and I'd say, where in the world is this guy going? He's talking about driving to farmhouses and all these things. But it was really quite unique on how he was able to deliver certain things. And as I began to look at this setting uh, last night and this morning, I came to the conclusion that everybody, whether you're serving God or you're not serving God, is, is unique. Everybody's different. Everybody was created in a different way. Everybody was created with certain abilities and certain talents and uh, certain gifts, praise God. It, it, it amazed me how he was able to bring these things out. I was so inspired. It, it reminded me, and I am not a storyteller, and I'm not going to say that I am a storyteller, but it reminded me of my history how I ventured through certain avenues and 
my life experiences had really molded me into what I was. There were certain things that I wanted in life. Uh, i be totally transparent with you, I wasn't serving God. That was the furthest thing from my mind. In fact, my passion was to, uh, to, be, uh, to be the greatest pool player I could ever be. That was, that was my passion. That's, that's what I craved. That's what I loved. Amen. I was in and out of pool halls. I, was, I, was, I, I lived it. I breathed it. And I have to say, uh, because this beautiful young lady sitting here, that's how I want her. Because of my talent. Because of something that I had learned when I was just a child. Amen. You get me on a pool table now and uh, just not what I used to be, praise God. And the reason why is because I lost, I lost that vision. I lost that purpose that I had. I remember one time I was, I went to a tournament, amen, and I knew that I could win this tournament. I knew that I, have, I had so much talent within me. And, and I, was, I was very, very good at what I did. I, I, had, I had studied the game. I had practiced the game ever since I was probably six years old. And so growing up in the world of pool, I was a natural. I had natural ability. I could, I could see shots that people couldn't see. I could run table after table after table after table. And uh, it, to me, it was normal. To me, to go and run a table, it was just normal. But to others that were watching me, it was, uh, it, it was unbelievable. It was phenomenal to them. I've had people come up and give me money just because they wanted to be my friend. They'd give me $100 bills and they'd have me sign it. Can you just sign this? Because when you become great, I'm going to be able to say that I knew him and this was his autograph. It, well, to me, it was awesome. I say, me? Here I am. And, you know, I, 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 this, this was what I did. This was my lifestyle. This was the talent that I had, that I had uh, enveloped myself in. This is what I practiced at. This, th th this was me. This was me. This was my passion. I remember one time, Brother Joe, I went to this tournament again as... I went there. I knew I could win the tournament. There was no doubt that I could win. And I lost. And I remember. I remember. I, I don't know how I lost because I was better than everybody else. I had the talent. I put in the time. I put in the practice. I'm not, telling, I'm not saying one or two hours. I'm saying sometimes I was up at least 16, 17, 24 hours just constantly working on my game, constantly ball after ball after ball, learning bank shots, learning, learning, learning all these things that had to do with pool because I wanted to be the very best. And I remember... I remember as I was focusing on it last night and I could see myself walking in that room and I walked in my bedroom and I laid on my bed and I was so frustrated and I was so mad because I lost that tournament that I curled up in a little ball and I began to weep like a baby. And I... I begin to cry out to God, God, why can't I win this tournament? Why can't I be what I want to be? And you know what I heard? I simply heard these words. Because I love you. Now, I'm not saying that I jumped up and I shouted and I said, thank you, Jesus, because that was the furthest thing from my mind. If you love me, God, why don't you let me have what I want? 
And we do that. We cry after God. God, if you really love me, why don't you let me have what I want? And the reason why God doesn't allow us to have what we want. Sometimes God will give you things, trust me. But that doesn't mean that God is pleased with what you have. And it was simply those words, words that I heard, not an audible voice, just in my mind that, I love you, son. I have something else for you. When Joshua spoke these words, again, he knew that there was, he, he could sense that there was, there, there was this, this, this pull to, 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 to do things beyond what God wanted them to do. Canaan was now uh, in Israel's control. The promise that God had promised them finally came to fruition. They were living in their promise. They were in the promised land. And so before Joshua died, his voice echoed throughout the land. Choose you this day in whom you will serve. And so many times God asks us individually and as a body, choose you this day whom you will serve. And most of the time, we scream at the top of our lungs, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. God forbid that I would step away from you, Jesus, and do my own thing. God forbid that I would stop allowing you to guide my life. Lead me in the ways of righteousness. You see, following the death of Joshua, from what we see in the Scriptures, it didn't take long before they were distracted by their own lust, by their own desire, the Bible says it took one generation for that nation to forget the vow that they had made. God forbid that we would serve anybody else. What's interesting to me is they made that vow in the valley of Shechem. Shechem literally means strength. Isn't it funny how we always want to make a vow when we're strong, praise God? It's in those times of weakness, amen, where the devil comes in and he tries to infiltrate the mind, praise God. And then he quotes, amen, as he did with Eve, hath God really said. Here you are dwelling in the promises of God. You've received the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. You enjoy the blessings of God. You're living in the promises of God, praise God. The places that you have, you didn't get on your own. God has given these things to you. And yet, because we have all these things, amen. For some reason, we lose sight. The Bible says in Judges chapter 12 and verse 2, they forsook the Lord which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed the gods of the people that were round about them and provoked the Lord 
to anger. In other words, their desire to be like other nations pressed on Israel. There is this pressing that the society that we live in today squeezes the very life of God out of you. It squeezes you. It pushes the goodness of God. The desire of God. The strength of God. It pushes everything out of you. And it leaves us wide open, amen, for other things to enter in. They demanded a brand new system. They weren't happy with the system that God had incorporated. They wanted to be like other nations, praise God. They wanted to be like the world. They wanted to have the things of the world. They wanted to look like the world. They wanted to walk like the world. Eventually, God gave them what they wanted, praise God. They were so influenced by the society that surrounded them that they literally lost sight of the victories that God had won for them. How do we let, allow ourselves to, to, to venture into this place and forget where God has us and what God is doing for us. The Lord instructed Samuel in one setting to comply with the demands because they wanted a king like other nations. But he warned them of the negative consequences of having their own king. If I could replace that word king for desires, praise God, it makes a lot more sense. In Samuel chapter 8, 1 Samuel chapter 8, Chapter 8, verse 11, it says this. They want a king. They want to be like other nations. And God told Samuel, this is what you say to the people. And Samuel says these words, and he said, this will be done. This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. This shall be the manner of the desires that reign over you. If you don't want what God desires for, for you, then the only other thing that you could ask for or receive is the desires that the world wants over you. He said this, this will be the manner of the king. That shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself. For his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint himself captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And he will set them to his ear to, to his ground and to reap his harvest and to make him instruments of war and instruments of his chariot. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants and he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest men your asses 
and put them to his work. And he will take the tenth of your sheep, and he shall be, and ye shall be his servants, and ye shall cry out in the day because of your king or your desire or the dominion that you choose to allow rule over you, which ye shall have chosen you. Which you shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, he goes on. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay. We don't care. We still want a king to reign over us. In other words, God's people would feed this king. They would feed their own desires. They would be subject to their own desires. And ultimately be enslaved to their own desires. This is what they wanted. This is what they craved. And God, being a gentleman, gives us up to the desires of our heart. What are you craving this morning? What are you seeking for? What do you want this morning? Here you are enjoying the the, the blessings of God, living in the promises of God. And yet you want to do your own thing. You want to feed your own desires. You want the things of this world to reign over your life instead of God. The Word of God is no more valuable to you. The Word of God that is spoken in our lives this morning has no meaning on it whatsoever. We would rather hear from the dominions of the world and what the dominions of the world have to offer. See, this is what they were seeking. This is what they wanted. If I work a little bit harder, I can get a little bit more. I can give to the kingdom of God. God doesn't care about your money. He cares about your soul. He cares about you being in the presence of God. doesn't care about your money. He wants you. He wants me. They came into this place or this position where they literally lost their identity as they were swallowed up in heathen countries. Countries they wished to emulate. Think about that. They were swallowed up in their own desires. James said this, our desire to choose our own paths and, uh, and, and fit in with the crowd stems from our carnal nature. It's what we want. It's what we're driven to. God is trying to replace beauty for ashes, my friend. James says this in chapter 4, verse 4, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whoso therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. What does that mean? Does it mean we never make friends? No, that isn't what he's talking about. Does it mean that we don't like Mother Earth? No, that isn't what he's talking about. Jesus says the friends of the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the desire 
to make one wise. That's what he's talking about. And if you allow these things to have dominion over your life, my friend, the things that you hold so dear right now in the promises of God, you will lose sight of them. And the very things that you crave as others will enslave you. And you and me will be subject unto them. Oh, not me. Don't you know I've been living for God for 20 years. I'll never fall. Really? The word enmity implies hostility. An individual does not have to declare war on God to fight against God. On the flip side, bro, a person cannot remain neutral toward God and have an overwhelming lifestyle, a lifestyle of victory, serving God, empowered, amen, to serve God and fight against the enemy. You can't do it. You can't do it. You've got to be sold out for God. If you say you're going to be at the house of God, be at the house of God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, God seeks for those who will love him enough to submit to him. Well, pastor, I come to church. Well, that's great. What do you do outside of church? Come on. Is your obligation of coming to church just coming to church and taking up space? God says if you're lukewarm, He will spill you out of His mouth. He would rather you be hot or cold, praise God. He doesn't want you to be lackadaisical in your walk with God. He wants you to be on fire for God. And if you're not, He would rather you be ice cold, praise God. But because you're lukewarm and you're straddling the fence, praise God, He doesn't want nothing to do with you. We must be submissive Totally submissive to God's ways, praise God. Because there's another God, another dominion, amen, that is trying to infiltrate your mind this morning. It's trying to infiltrate you. It's trying to get a hold of you. And the more you straddle that fence, my friend, you're going to lose your balance, praise God. You're going to fall, praise God. And then the fall, my friend, is going to be great. Bible says the winds came, the waves roared, praise God. They beat upon that house, and great was the fall of it. Why was great? Why was the fall great, praise God? It wasn't the structure of the house. It was what it was built on, praise God. Anything that is built on the solid rock of God's Word is going to stand. But anything that's built on the sand, which is pieces of God's Word, praise God. Little rocks, little pieces of God's Word. You can't pick and choose what you want, praise God. You have to take the solid Word, the solid rock. You have to take it all. All of it. God, why can't I be a professional pool player? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, really, I'll really tell you, I'll be really vulnerable right here. The reason why is because my dedication wasn't as what it could have been, Brother Brad. I was extremely good. I was good, and I am not bragging. I'm just telling you the facts. I was very good at what I did. But I wasn't sold out. I wasn't sold out. 
And when the rubber met the road, Brother Brown, I fell and I fell hard, praise God. Thank God that he was merciful and he saw me, praise God. And he was willing to pick me up and he was willing to say, son, you, you tried to do it your way for so many years, praise God. I have another way, praise God. You've been under the dominion of Satan for so many years, son. But if you will give me a chance, if you will give me a shot, son, I will help you get to the place that you are looking for it was totally up to me I had to be totally submissive and walk humbly in his presence when I had the opportunity praise God Psalms chapter 51 and 17 says this it says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Look, we all face challenges. We all make decisions that are not very good, praise God. Me, you, all of us, praise God. But the Bible tells me if your heart is right and if your attitude is right, if your attitude is right, if your attitude is right, praise God, God will help you and God will strengthen you. But you've got to be willing to say, God, I can't do this on my own. Whatever it takes, God, I just want to be totally submissive to your will, God. And when we do that, when we step into the presence of God, and we just say, God, I don't even know what it means to give all myself to you, but I'm here. I want to make myself available to you. And God steps in because He sees the Spirit. He sees your willingness. He sees your desire to want to please Him. Isaiah 57 and 15, and Sister Tamara, I'm almost, I'm almost done. It says, For thus saith the high and lofty, one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in high, in the high and holy place, with him also that is a, of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Finally, Isaiah 66 and 2 says this, For all those things hath my hand made, and all those things have been made, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and somebody that trembleth at my word. Is coming to church or being in the presence of God a game to you? There was a time when I thought it was a game to me. I really did. I mean, I wasn't jumping and saying, God, uh, this is a game, but my lifestyle, my attitude, how I lived for God, I really didn't take it serious. Is that me? I really didn't take it serious. Why are we here this morning? You see, the thing that's so merciful about God, even though we fail in our path, even though we fail in life's journey, He has a way of creating another opportunity. Why does He do that? Because there was a 30-year-old kid crawled up in a ball in his bedroom crying out. 
done everything I can to make a good life for myself. And God says, I got something so much better for you. And he's saying that this morning. He's got something so much better. You think you know what life is. You think you got it figured out. I thought I had it figured out when I was 20 years old. I thought I had it figured out when I was 30 years old. I thought I had it figured out when I was 40 years old. Now I'm 60 years old, 61, and I'm looking back on life, Sister Heather, and I didn't know anything. And you try to preach to people that are 20 years old and 30 years old, and you're trying to explain to them, look, let me help you. Listen to the voice of reason. Listen to the voice of what little wisdom I have. Life isn't what you think it is all the time. There were people in my life that ministered to me, people in my life that guided me, that, that were helping me. And the only way that I got to where I am today, Manuel, is, is because I was willing, I, I, I had enough sense to listen to people that God had placed in my life. Wasn't that I always did everything right, Brother Joe? But even through my mistakes, praise God, they were still there encouraging me, helping me, guiding me, letting me know that, hey, I love you, praise God. You're going to be all right. Just keep pursuing the things of God. Don't let the dominion of this world overrule the dominion of God. Or you're going to find yourself, listen to me, you're going to find yourself controlled. You're going to find yourself under the dominion. You're going to find yourself enslaved, praise God. You're going to find yourself in a place far away from the people that really, really, really love you. And you'll be sitting in a place amongst people that say they really, really, really love you. And that, my friend, is a lie. How many people came to me when I was sitting in a prison cell? How many people came to me that as I was running in the street, I got arrested. I never heard from them again. But yet, I really, bro, I really love you. Here, take a snort of this. Smoke a little bit of that. Reason why my granddaughter is laying in the grave right now or close to it is because she was hanging around people that said, I really, really, really love you. And so we allow ourselves to be ruled or governed or enslaved by our own desires, deceived by the voices, amen. It's deception. It's deception. God was merciful to me, and he's, because you're here this morning, he's merciful to you. And he knows the path of every single one of us. Everyone. And he will empower you to escape and he will empower you to identify certain things. And some things he will move out of the way as you're pursuing God. And sometimes we do fall short in this life as far as not getting to a particular age, but my friend, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And if you're living for God and if you're pursuing God, 
when that day comes, and that day will come for each and every one of us. Every one of us, that day will come. And our eyes will open. They will open, and we will be standing in front of the Master of all eternity. And we will have to give an account for ourselves. And the man of God that is in your life will also have to give an account for you. Because he watches for your soul. He watches for your soul. He doesn't beat you up because you're someone to pick on. He tries to guide you in love. He tries to help you. And through those life experiences that he's experienced, We need to have enough wisdom and sense to listen. Just listen. And if you do that, Peter says, you will never fall. You will never fall. So choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you. It's a choice. Make the right decision. Be around those that truly love you. Learn from those that truly, truly love you. Don't be controlled by what you want in life because it's not everything you think it is. It wasn't for me. I could have been the greatest pool player in the world and lost my salvation with God. What's more important? What's more important? For me, this. It's this. This is the greatest thing that I ever, ever want. If I could give my entire life to the world of pool and be totally wrong, why can't I give my entire life to something that has eternal value? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Why don't we all stand?